If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. Take your Bibles now if you wouldn't turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. I'm going to be reading to you today from the Amplified Version of the Bible. Normally we, we um, do the New King James Version, but um, as Doyle Dykes, the great guitar player, says, this is the guitar player's version, the Amplified but first I want to give you a little list of signs that you need a new lawyer. Are you ready for this? Number one, during your initial consultation, he tries to sell you Amway. That's a sign you need a new lawyer. And number two, he tells you that his last good case was a Budweiser. Number three, when the prosecutors see who your lawyer is, they high-five each other. (laughs) Number four, he picks the jury by playing duck-duck-goose. Oh, yeah, signs you need a new lawyer. During the trial, you catch him playing Angry Birds on his iPhone. That's no different in church. (laughs) Number, (laughs) Number six, a prison guard is shaving your head. Signs you need a new lawyer. Number seven, he places a large no refund sign on his defense table. He begins closing arguments with, as Ally McBill once said. <laughs> Number nine, he keeps citing the legal case of Godzilla versus King Kong. And just before he says, Your Honor, he makes those little quotation marks in the air with his fingers. Number, tw- uh, number 11, I'm sorry, whenever his objection is overruled by the judge, he tells him, whatever. These are signs that you need a, definitely need a new lawyer. And lastly, just before the trial starts, he whispers, the judge is the one with the little hammer, right? <laughs> Today, I'm going to talk to you about being empowered by humility or through humility, being empowered by humility. And this I want to give you a definition of humility. Oh, by the way, if you happen to have uh, the YouVersion Bible app on your your electronic device, iPad, iPhone, Android, Google phone, whatever you have, um, you can click on that and then click the live button and then search One Cause Church and uh, you can find some notes to follow by. But if you want to take some notes this morning, I want to give you this definition of humility, which is a freedom from arrogance that grows out of the recognition that all we have and all we are comes from God. That is a freedom from arrogance that grows out of the recognition that all we have and all we are comes from God. You know, the scripture says something like this, every good thing that has come into your life comes from God. I'm paraphrasing, but James says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variable or shadow of turning, which means he is good and he's always going to be good. I'm glad to serve a God. I can trust a God who will always be good. 1 Peter chapter 5, have you found it? If not, just look onto the screens. We found it for you. Likewise, you who are younger and of lesser rank, be subject to the elders, the ministers, and spiritual guides of the church. How many think that's some good advice? Well, I hope you do, because that's the Bible. Anyway, giving them due respect and yielding to their counsel. Clothe or apron yourselves, all of you, with humility as the garb of a servant, so that its covering cannot possibly be stripped from you with freedom from pride and arrogance toward one another. 
We all need that, don't we? But this teaches us here in this first verse that we're looking at is that humility is something that we put on. Humility is like clothing that we wrap ourselves in humility in such a way that it cannot be ripped away from us. That means it needs to be tight like skinny jeans. I'd say humility is the skinny jeans of the Christian's wardrobe, right? I mean, it's painted on there. Put it on and put it on in such a way that it can never be taken away. Amen. I mean, put energy into clothing yourself in humility just like you would putting in on those certain jeans that you like, but you don't necessarily fit into except by laying down on your back (laughs) and pulling with all your might and gritting your teeth and kicking your legs like there's no tomorrow and doing everything you can to tuck into every part of your tummy and all of its extras down into those jeans, right? The only problem with if you do too much of that, it kind of pops out over the top. Right? Trying to get your laying around on the couch, fried food waistline to fit into a grilled chicken, well-exercised waistline. (laughs) But that takes energy to do that. And this is teaching us to put this on in such a way, put on humility so firmly and so tightly that it can't be easily ripped away. Because you're going to find opportunities where you'll, uh, you'll want to one-up. You know, I, don't, I never enjoy being around people that cannot appreciate my story. You know what I'm talking about? Like as soon as you say something that maybe it's been very exciting to you, uh, maybe you got a raise at work, or maybe, you know, you got your wisdom teeth taken out, or, you know, something. <laughs> that's not necessarily exciting, but... Right? There's always the guy in the group that says, oh, man, that's nothing. Oh, really? What I just said is nothing. Well, teach me, oh, great one. Right? Oh, man, that's nothing. You had two wisdom teeth. I had four wisdom teeth taken out. Right? Somebody always has more. Somebody always has a better story, a sadder story. Unless you're Neil Armstrong. If you're Neil Armstrong and you're at a dinner party, he just sits and lets everybody tell what they do, right? I'm great at this, and I got this education. And once they all finish saying what they say, he simply just said, I walked on the moon. (laughs) (laughs) He wins. He wins that. Right? (laughs) It's, but, but we have to put, we have to continually but why, why is this? So that we can help keep ourselves in proper perspective when it comes to humanity and those that are around us, that we are all looked at by God with equality. Now, there was a time when that was different. Before Jesus, there was a time when God had his eyes on a certain group of people known as the Israelites. And he, they were the apple of his eye. They were everything to him. And anything outside of them, they all came through Abraham, of course. Anything outside of them, God didn't have anything to do with. Except once in a while, a few of them could receive some of the benefits of all this good stuff that the Israelites were, because they believe by faith. Because God always responds to faith. Yeah. But now through Jesus Christ, he opened it up to the whole world. 
He opened up his blessings to the entire world. Hallelujah. Paul said it like this. There was this mystery that was hidden from the ages, but now has been revealed here and now. That is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ can take up residence in you. Christ, you can have a relationship with God through him. Anybody, Jesus said it like this. Whoever believes in him will not, will not perish but have everlasting life. What an amazing truth that God opened up his love to the entire world through his son. See, Jesus made all the difference. He put us all on the same playing field. I mean, even Peter, who's standing in a Gentile's house for the very first time in his life, in Acts chapter 10, he says, of a truth I perceive, God is no respecter of persons. He sees us all the same way. Through the same grace, by the same blood. I love that. That's why we have to clothe ourselves in this humility and understand that with him, without him, we really are nothing. Jesus said it like this. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Clothe, your, clothe yourself. When you know, when I, was, when I was growing up, you knew that a, a fight between a couple guys was about to ensue because they start taking off their shirts, Right? It's like one of the first things a guy does. He said, come on, right? Come on. Like, or, if a, or if a football player gets mad in the football game, what's he do? He yanks that helmet off, right? These are pictures of pride ripping off humility. Keep it on, buddy. Heather and I went to uh, the Gaylord Texan a few years ago. We took our kids out there to the uh, ice sculptures. Y'all ever seen that? They're around Christmas time. It's beautiful. I mean, all the the pretty ice sculptures. And then they had this really nice nativity scene, all all sculpted nice, beautiful. But when it's freezing cold in there for, you know, obvious reasons. But so they give you these big old golden coats. Y'all, who's been there? Let me see you. All right, they give you these big old long golden coats. They're real puffy, and everybody has to get in these coats, and so you're comfortable through it. It's still cold even with that big old coat on, but they got us, there's families everywhere, and, and, but they have this system where they kind of work you into a single file line, and you're walking through this wonderland of ice and looking at all these different characters, holiday characters, and Santa Claus, and Disney characters, whatever they got, whatever their theme is that year, and Anyway, so it was a lot of fun. We were enjoying this, this time and watching our kids take it all in. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I, everything comes to a screeching halt. All this peace and fantasy land and all just gets wiped away by two men, grown men in front of us, who just break out into a fight, right? And their kids are screaming, right? I'm like, what is going on here? So I see what's going on. I see these kids. They're, freak, they're screaming and crying because their daddies are fighting. So I make my way up there, and I get in between these guys. I'm like, stop doing this. Do you realize where you are? This is fantasy land. Take it to the parking lot, man. Anyway, well, what was kind of humorous about it was... The one, one of the guys decided he was going to do that whole macho thing and shed his clothes, but he had that huge coat on. So he tries to get off his head, and he gets encumbered in it, so the other guy just starts pounding on him, right? Because he can't see. This guy takes full advantage of this man's weakness. So anyway, I finally get in there, and I settle these guys down and help them see what's really going on here, to see the bigger picture. <laughs> I asked him, I said, what in the world happened here? How did this start? And this guy, as sincerely as he could say, 
said, this guy, his stroller ran into my heels. Oh, come here, you precious, precious little man. I'm so sorry that happened to you. You needed a hug right then. You didn't need a fight. Good Lord. But I see that happen. And I'm telling you what, it's moments like that that the Lord starts working on me. Just right when I want to put myself in a better light and think I would never do anything like that, right? The Lord reminds me of moments when I have done things like that. Right? Okay, okay, all right. Lord, we're not talking about me. We're talking about them. I'm looking good right now, right? That's why some of you come to church to be reminded, well, I'm not as bad as her or him. (laughs) Play this little comparison game. But here's the truth. You got to clothe yourself in humility. And you know what? If you're going to stay married, you're definitely going to have to clothe yourself in humility. And if you're going to raise your children right, you're going to have to clothe yourself in humility. There are times when you have to find yourself getting on your knees, even apologizing to your children, which I have done on a number of occasions. Because the truth is, we're just not perfect beings. We do our best, and we try to raise our kids in the best way, but you know what? Heather found out I wasn't perfect like she thought I was. And I'm still chopping away at that opinion of of me. (laughs) This says, clothe yourself in such a way that it cannot possibly be stripped from you. Remember who you are. Remember what Jesus has done for you. Remember his blood is what washed you away all your sins. His blood is what made you holy. His blood is what made you right with God. Not your, well, I went to church again this week. Well, I read three chapters in the Bible today, and I recommend those things. But remember why you do those things. Not because you're earning anything with your almighty God, but because he simply loves you and chose to save you by his grace. I need a good amen right about there. Okay, let's continue. For God sets himself against the proud. Now, I want to just say right now, that is not a good place to be. If God sets himself against you, you need to get out of that situation as quickly as possible. He sets himself against the proud, the insolent, the overbearing, (laughs) the disdainful, the presumptuous, the boastful. And he opposes, frustrates, and defeats them. Which means the moment you cast off humility is the moment you start to pick a fight with God and you will not win that fight. The moment you start trusting in your own strength and holding your experiences up above what God has said is the moment you begin to fight the very one who's on your side. In other words, what your pride is only going to do for you is get you what you deserve. I don't want what I deserve. I don't want what's coming. I don't need karma. I need something greater than karma. Aren't you glad that your reality with God today as a child of God is something greater than karma? Most religions are about karma, right? What goes around comes around. And so that's why so many of them have this 
mentality of performance. Do, 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 do good, do good, do good, do good, so that in the end, you have the grand payback. But Christianity is completely opposite of that whole thinking. And that is you can't do enough good. You could never perform up to the level that God needs you to. You can't do a good enough work. As a matter of fact, apart from him, nothing you do is good. So God, because you could never attain to his holiness and what he needed you to do, because you could never be like him of your own strength and of your own power, he decided to become like you. And God became a man, hallelujah, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he physically walked this earth and he lived a sinless life. See, the powerful thing about Jesus is he could have sinned because he was a man, but he didn't. He just chose not to. He was in all points tempted like as we are. That is, there were opportunities for him to sin, yet he didn't. So what he showed us is, is that you can live a victorious, triumphing life. All right? But see, humility, false, let me say false humility, cloaks itself in these kinds of phrases. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. There is nothing further from the truth than that statement right there. There's nothing further from, that's religion talking. That's denominationalism talking. Being a sinner is one thing. Being saved by grace is something completely different. I didn't need to just have a new paint job over this old rusty (laughs) sinner. I didn't need Jesus to just cover it up. I needed him to make me new again. See, that's the reality of the Christian life. God didn't just make you who were bad a little bit better. He made you who were dead alive. You have been born all over again in Christ Jesus. You who were dead in your trespasses, he has made alive together with him and seated you in heavenly places. See, here's the thing about when you start talking Bible, when you start actually saying what God says about you and about life, the religious world is going to say that you're prideful. It's completely opposite of what religion teaches you. But God's kind of humility is the kind of humility that you have to just willingly surrender yourself to his opinion. If God says, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, then, it's, then it is prideful for me to say that I'm a sinner saved by grace. Amen. That's actually prideful. Because God says, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I can't be a sinner and be the righteousness of God in Christ too. So I have to humble myself under his opinion because, see, God says some pretty outlandish things about us in the natural mind. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around it. So we want to just kind of reason it out, right, and try to, <laughs> try to make sense of it. But you really can't make sense of it in the natural. You have to, by faith, receive it. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. I still can't get over the fact that God has given us this beautiful gift of speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues, I mean, if, if there's anything more humiliating in the natural, that God, Jesus said, you'll be endued with power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. How did they... 
How did they, they, did, they couldn't reason that out. They just simply had to receive what he gave them. And it happened to be that they sounded like a bunch of babbling fools. All right, go take the world now. We have to humble ourselves under his opinion. And Okay, well, God, this is what you said. This is what you have promised. So I'm going to say what you have said. I'm going to humble myself under my opinion, under your opinion. You know, what the, you know what you're going to find out the moment you do that? You find out who your real friends are. Because there's some people who go, whoa, okay, okay, no, 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 no. Now, we were cool and everything was okay, but won't... Once you started talking crazy like that, mountain be, Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that whatever he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. All of a sudden, we start going, trying to make sense of all that. We start putting lids on it, right? And Jesus gives us these phrases. He just says these things that just seem so limitless. The sky's the limit, guys. And we start trying to say, oh, yeah, but, oh, Lord, Lord, I don't, I don't, I don't ask for much. I just want, I I don't really want, don't want to bother you. I just, God, help me to just have a good day today and help my kids to be all okay and I don't want much. I just want my needs met. Lord, I humbly, I humbly do this. If your prayer is all about only your needs being met, then you are full of pride. See, the, 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 the humble prayer is God bless me and let it overflow from my life so that I can be a great impact to others, God, so that I can reach as far as I can, God, so that I can help as many as I can. God, help me to live a bigger life than, what I'm, than just me and mine. Why does God want to prosper you? Why does he do those things? Why is it that he promises us health and wholeness? Because you can be a lot more effective Christian if you've got money in the bank and you've got health in your body than being broke and laid up sick in a bed somewhere. Well, okay, I won't wait around for you, but that was a real good opportunity to shout amen right there. (laughs) God gives, now look at this. It says that he sets himself against the prideful, but he gives grace, favor, and blessing to the humble. Tell your neighbor, you don't need to save face. You need God's grace. Tell somebody else, you don't need to save face. You need God's grace. All right, verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves, demote, lower yourselves in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God. That is, submit yourself to his ability. Submit yourself to his resources. Submit yourself to his power that in due time, thank God there is a due time, that in due time he may exalt you. Let me tell you something. If God exalts you, it'll be way higher than you could ever do on your own, and it's way further than any men could ever give you. Any greater, think about the greatest promotion a man can give you, God, way better. So you submit yourself to what God has said. His God symbolizing his might, his activity, his power in creating the universe. That's what that word hand means, under the, his hand that created the entire world. Submit yourself under that 
because that'll do a whole lot more for you than you ever could. Humble yourselves. That doesn't mean to think less of yourself. It just means to think of yourself less. You need to actually think like David thought about himself. He said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He looked in the mirror and said, marvelous are your works, O Lord. When's the last time you looked in the mirror and said that? (laughs) Marvelous are your works, O Lord. Right? Do you appreciate the amazing creation of who you are because you are one of a kind? God made you all one masterpiece. So don't give in to the fact that all you need is you. Think about this. It all started with a man who God came to him and said, I am your exceedingly great reward. Walk before me. And Abraham responded by, I don't have any kids. What are you going to give me seeing I go childless? Because this is what I have right here. You say that, but this is my reality. You say that I have everything in you, but I don't even have any kids. My legacy ends right here, God. How is that possible? How is the world going to know this about you, that you are my exceedingly great reward when I'm standing here almost 100 years old with no children? Make that make sense to me, God. Because I look around here and all I see here in my tent is a barren wife and an old man. And you're coming to me making these ridiculous claims. And this is Genesis chapter 15. What are you going to give me seeing I go childless? You know what God said? Get out of where you are. This is what humility is. You get out of what you know. You come out from your own way of doing things, your own education, even your own experiences, and you give yourself this place. You come to this place where you surrender to what God is trying to say to you. He said, get out from there. Let me show you something. Because Abram, what you see is what I don't see. And what I see is what you don't see. So here's what I want you to understand. Get out from your own power. Get out from all that's familiar to you. And he took him outside of his tent and he said, look at the stars. So shall your descendants be. This is how many kids you're going to have. You're standing there telling me I have no children, but I'm telling you I see countless children. So Abraham had to humble himself right there and believe what God has said. You might write this down. Faith in God equals humility. Now, either Abraham was going to go back into that little tent and live his little, small life, or everything was about to change for him. And God said, oh, by the way, since it's not night all the time and you can't always observe the stars, when that sun comes up, I want you to step outside of your tent and walk on that sand. And so your kids are going to be like the grains of sand that you walk on too. So whether you're looking up or whether you're looking down, all you see is what I see. Hallelujah. Get your eyes full of what I'm saying. Come up to where, I'm, where I am, Abraham. This is my life for you. This is my plan. This is your destiny. This is your time right now. But you're going to have to come out from under what you know and begin to experience what I know. You're going to have to humble yourself under God's opinion. And the moment you start doing that, like I said, 
This is what separates the men from the boys right here. And the ladies from the girls. Because sometimes all you can do is look around at your situation. God, I've got more months than I do money. But you say you want to prosper me. I've got symptoms in my body that are anything but healthy. And yet you say by your stripes I'm healed. My marriage is like, I like my margaritas on the rocks. And I need your help. (laughs) Do you say that you'll establish my family And that my children's children will rise up and call me blessed. So I'm going to have to humble myself under your opinion. And shed this religious garbage. And just simply believe God. Let's continue in this chapter. Let's finish up here. And it says that he will exalt you. Say, God. Say it. God God. will exalt me. I want to give you the word for exalt, the Greek word for exalt. This is beautiful. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift lift you up, or he will exalt you. It's the word hypsuo, H-Y-P-S-O-O, hypsuo. And it means to raise to the very summit of opulence and prosperity. To raise... Anybody like that? I like that. To raise to the very summit of opulence and prosperity. And to exalt, to raise to dignity, honor, and happiness. So, verse 7, casting the whole of your grace. So, here it is. Peter just showed us right here. He says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Right? Sometimes we think it looks like this. Oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. When this is what it tells us what humility is, what humbling ourselves on the mighty hand of God looks like. Verse 7, casting your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. See, God is careful so you can be carefree. God is careful so you can be carefree. And it's only human pride to worry about issues. See, some of you have believed this lie that if you're not concerned about it, you don't care about it. Some of you believe, well, if I don't worry, nobody else will. (laughs) But that says to cast it on him. So apparently somebody else will. I promise you, he'll do a whole lot better taking care of your concerns and worries than you will. Jesus said, what will it help you worrying? Will it even add one inch to your height? He said, don't do anything for you. Don't worry about anything. Paul said, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So this is the, that word casting means to throw. This isn't about going, Lord, I... Hand it over to you. No, he said, cast it on him. Get that issue far away from you. Let that burden be lifted from you. Jesus said, hey, those of you that are burdened, come to me. Those of you that are downtrodden, those of you that are weak, come to me. I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. 
And let him take care of it anyway. God's going to be up all night anyway. Just go to sleep. All right, do this with me. Raise your hands as high as you, as high as you can right now. Both hands. Put both, both hands in the air. Hands in the air like you just don't. That's actually a pretty good, that's actually pretty biblical. Hands in the air like you just don't care. Who was it? George Strait sang that? No, I'm just kidding. All right, everybody's hands up. Ready? All right. Now let's go higher with them. Wait a second. I just told you to go as high as you can with your hands, and look what you did. You reached even higher. And how did that happen? You found more in you than, there, than you thought, didn't you? Huh? When it comes to casting your cares upon him, there's more to give him. You're going to have to get this kind of mentality when it comes to giving it to God and leaving it with him. No, 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 there's more for God. No, 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 I'm not taking this on myself anymore. I've cast it on him. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to bite my fingernails off about it. I am going to trust the living God that he knows what he's doing. The moment I say by his stripes I'm healed, I'm not going to let words like this, well, I sure hope the Lord will go ahead and heal me, follow that. Because at that moment, you just took it right back. Hmm? My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Man, I don't know. We're going to have to put this on the credit card, I guess. <laughs> you just took it back. Right. Let God, give him some time. Let him do what he wants to do. And as the old people, folks used to tell me, sleep on it before you buy it anyway. It might not be all that important to you in the morning. Amen. Everybody all right? So don't hold on to things right now. Don't, don't take back what you have given to him. Uh, come up here, Ray Ray. Bring your phone. All right, this is her issue, and David would agree. Her husband. I'm just kidding. This is your care. This is your concern. All right? I'm going to give that your God... I'm, this is my issue. God, I give that to you. Take that from me. Lord, take that from me. Right? That's, we, we've got to let go, but many times it's this. Oh, Lord, help me out. Oh, Jesus. You've got to help me. You've got to take this from me. I can't do this without you. I can't do this without you. Oh, God. <laughs> take it already. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. All right? That's why he says, cast it out of your hands. Some of you just need to throw it right now. Go ahead, just throw it right now. Whatever that concern is, just throw it right now. Whoever you need to forgive, come on, come on. Whatever you need to get over, come on, just throw it on him. Throw it on him. That worry, that concern, that fear, throw it on him. Give it to him. He's with you, and you'll be at this place where God can help you because you have humbled yourself before him. Hallelujah. I want our ushers to get ready at this time for communion. But I want to just, just give you a few scriptures here as they're, as they're doing this. Some promises from the scriptures for the humble. All right? I've got six quick things. I want you to write these down. One of the promises to the humble in the scriptures is answered prayer. Apparently, Garth Brooks didn't humble himself before God because he thought some of the God's greatest gifts were unanswered prayer. <laughs> 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 
answered prayer. Watch. Lord, look at this says. Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear. That's glorious. That's Psalm 1017. Another promise to the humble is guidance. Anybody need guidance in here today? Look at it says, the humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. Psalm 25, 9. A third thing is abundance of peace. Anybody need abundance of peace in here today? But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. That's Psalm 37, 11. Number four, grace. God gives grace to the humble. He scorns the scornful but gives grace to the humble, Proverbs 3, 34. James 4, 6 is God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Also, we saw it here in Peter as well. Number five, riches, honor, and life are a promise to those who humble themselves before the Lord. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. That's Proverbs 22, 4. Jesus said, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. That's Matthew 23, 12. And then the lastly, there's joy promised to those who humble themselves before God. That is, the humble also shall increase their joy in the Lord. And the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 29, 19. Amen. Rest in him. Humble yourselves before God and before his ability and his power and his resources, his help for you. He's on your side. The way to humble yourself is to say what God has said. Be quick to repent. Be in church. Amen. These are good ways to humble yourselves before God. Give. Forgive others. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for location and events. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church. If you would like to partner with our ministry, you can now donate securely online. Just click on the link located on the front page of our website at onecausechurch.com.